Well, greetings, dear friends, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's good to be with you once again in our ongoing uh, Bible classes. These uh, particular classes are uh, usually associated with a Wednesday class. Uh, and what we've been talking about for, uh, well, for months now, is the reality of being in Christ. And I want to talk with you today about one of those, uh, one of those realities uh, that we have to come face to face with in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to show you that whatever reality, whatever the reality is that we come to face through our union with Christ, we do so, we, we come to face that reality, or we come to face that particular, particular aspect uh, in the reality that it is Christ Himself. Everything we find in Christ is Christ. Okay? If you could name hundreds of things, things like I'm, I'm talking about joy and peace, and life, uh, and righteousness, and, and on and on and on. The all, A-L-L, -L, the all things of God are in Christ because Christ Himself is the substance of the all things of God, the all things promised of God, the all things given of God are all found in Christ Himself. Now, I want to, I, that's the focus. And it has been for the last several weeks and months, uh, whether it's in the uh, monthly uh, CD Bible lessons that I send out to those who have requested them or to those who will request them. Uh, I've been dealing with that on Sunday mornings, on Wednesdays, and then, and then wh whatever else uh, or wherever else I've been speaking or other what times has been on this, this one thing. It's been with regard to our union to Christ which I use the term, the reality of our being in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation and all of that. Uh, tremendous, tremendous reality uh, that our salvation is a union with Christ. And that union has to do with Christ being in us and our being in Him and our being the one body of that ever-living, indwelling Son of God. The reality of our being in Christ. So we've been looking at that. And then in the past, like I said, in, in the past short period of time, the Lord has really been focusing the whole thing right into himself. That all of the terms we've been using find their fulfillment in him. 
And you'll see as we go on into this little sharing time that that's what we're going to be talking about right now. But the reality that we are bringing into Christ right now is the reality of resurrection. The resurrection. And I want us to look at that. Because that's how we come to be in Christ. Now, yes, it's through his death, his burial, and absolutely his resurrection. But it is through the power of his resurrection that we are brought into such a union, that our souls are brought into such a union with the one eternal spirit of the eternal Son of God. If any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And there's not 15 different spirits, there is one spirit, one body, one spirit, one faith, one baptism, one Lord, one Father, come on. And we and our salvation, our salvation is brought about through that one spirit. So let me, let me get to my point so we can look at the resurrection uh, we'll be reading in a moment, the, if I was given a subtitle here, it would be, I will raise it up. I will raise it up. The exceeding greatness of the power of his resurrection. The exceeding greatness of the power of his resurrection. Uh, the exceeding greatness of the power of His resurrection. Let me just mention a couple of other things. The resurrection, as set forth in the Scripture, the resurrection is not, now be careful and listen to me, it is not the resurrection of the dead, but the resurrection out of, from among the dead. We are passed from death unto life. We're passed from death unto life. We have come out of one whole realm dominated by death. Sin, dominated by death. But we have come by Christ into another whole realm. And that realm is Christ Himself. That realm is not some place where Christ lives. That realm is Christ. The life, on the life that we 
have come to, pass from death unto life, the life unto which we are passed is actually the life unto whom we have passed. Now I want to talk about how did, what's that? We have passed. How? And we're going to see that is the power of His resurrection. Because it's, <laughs> He's the one, darling, who lives. He's the one who lives. And if we have life, we have it in Him. And we have it in Him because He dwells in us. And if He doesn't dwell in us, then we have nothing in Him. And if we have nothing in Him, then we have nothing at all. And if we have nothing of life at all, then we're still just as dead in sin as we ever were. You understand what I'm, I'm trying to bring everything of our salvation into the person of Christ. My Lord, hun, the whole Christian church all over the world, every part of it at least that I've been in, and, 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 and that's another whole story, but the Christianity itself is so divided, divided by doctrines on, on resurrection rather than coming to the oneness and, yes, the oneness of the resurrection himself. Sometimes you think that the Christian church and Christian religion, and I'm not, not but just listen, sometimes you think that it's worse than the divisions and the hypocrisies and all of the politicians and all of the political parties put together. Because you know that, that there's a fight going on there. It's like throwing two bobcats in one sack and uh, hanging them up in a tree. But sometimes you see that same thing in Christianity. And, and, and all of our political parties, or at least most of them, the two main ones at least, say, you know, they believe in America and, and they fly the same flag and, uh, oh, you know, the common denominator is, you know, the United States of America. Sometimes you wonder about that. The church world says the same thing. You know, our common denominator is the Lord Jesus Christ, but there's so many views of who He is. And that's what we're talking about in these sessions. Who are you, Lord? Because that's a valid question. It's a question that the Lord asked of His disciples, and I'm going to read it to you in a minute. Because, darling, one foundation of one house of God, which house in Christ you are. Now, there's another reality of our being in Christ. A reality of our being in Christ is that we're the household of God. The Father's house, the Father's household. We have come there in Christ. But there's not a bunch of households, there's one household. Not a bunch of houses, one house. One body of Christ, one spirit of Christ. We have divided all of that in our hearts and minds by ignorance and tried to find what is the church by looking at denominational organizations? 
rather than looking in the face of Jesus Christ. Well, I will raise it up. The true body of Christ, whether we understand it or not, the true body of Christ. Exist, comes into existence and exists by the exceeding greatness of the power of His resurrection, which is summed up in the person of Christ living in you. You're His body because He lives in you. Not because you have your name written on the book of some denomination or any denomination, some fellowship or any fellowship, some church building or any church building. You're His body because He's in you. And He has brought you by virtue of His dwelling in you and in me. He's brought me. He's brought us into one fellowship of the Son. He's brought us into one house of the Son. You understand that? Not because we're a member of the same organization, because... Because we are the body of the same head. And that head is Christ. Now, he's not head as, you know, supreme potentate. He's head because he is the life, the union. The identity, the nature, the character, the understanding, the knowledge, and the comprehension. He is the head of His body, the church. It is given to Him of God. Head over all King James will say, head over all things unto the church which is his body. The original there, actually things has been, has been added. Just head over all. No limitation to that all at all. <laughs> head over all. Why is he head? Well, because he's, you know, he's a conqueror of all. I, yeah, well, okay, that, that's, I guess all of that's true. But honey, he's head because you nor I would even exist but by him. He is head of his body because his body without him does not exist. 
He is head of his body because he is the life of the body. He is the being, B-E-I-N-G, being of state of being of his body. He is the actual existence of his body, the fullness of it, the substance of it. And it's all through the power of his resurrection because the power of resurrection is life, L-I-F-E. Let's not make something strange out of it or try to make some doctrine out of it. If life lives in you, then resurrection is in you. The resurrection and the life, Christ saying, I am the resurrection and the life in John 11 is like him saying, I am Alpha and Omega. I am beginning and end. I am that I am. Well, hallelujah. Resurrection and life are not two separate things. He's not one at one time and another at another time, or he's not one now and one day will be, uh, will be one. No. That, I mean, you can't even find that in the Scripture. That, that, some kind, that, that he's one now and will be another one later. No. 2,000 years ago, if we want to look at it that way, but nonetheless, in the Scripture we read in John 11, where he told Mary and Martha they were looking for a resurrection that would come and during which their, their brother would be uh, raised up because that was the doctrine of resurrection as those days. Unfortunately, it's still the doctrine of resurrection to some, but then it was the doctrine of resurrection that applied unto Israel, and Israel would tell you quickly in those days that they were the only ones that it applied to. When in actual fact, if you'll look at the Scripture, and I'm talking about the Scripture from Genesis to Malachi, the Scripture that was given to Israel, if you'll look at the Scripture, you will find that the only one who fulfills the promise of the resurrection that is there in the Scripture is Christ Himself. Jew doesn't fulfill it. Gentile doesn't fulfill it. Christ does. And we're going to talk about that in, this little, in these little sessions because we're going to have several of them here on resurrection. Had one last Sunday morning. We may have another one this Sunday morning. But as the Lord directs. So I'm just reading an introduction. Christ Himself is the true and only resurrection and life. If He is the only resurrection, He's certainly the only life because resurrection is of life. Resurrection is by life. Resurrection. But you see, there were people that Jesus raised from the dead, but you couldn't call that. That doesn't fit the term. That doesn't fit the reality of resurrection. You understand? Because resurrection is like coming from the whole realm of death under the whole realm 
of life. And resurrection life is not temporary. The resurrection life is the eternal life of Christ. Now see, we say all of that, and yet we have doctrines that confuse that. Because we limit those doctrines, well, you know, the dead bodies will be raised up. And then we get all confused about it. Resurrection life is eternal life. Resurrection life is Christ living in you. If we could just come to see that the resurrection is not some event aside from, <clears throat> aside from being born from above. And we could just see that resurrection and life are not two different things. It's Christ. It is Christ. Now, I'm, I'm talking to you just now, still in, intro, in, in introduction, because I've, I wanted to say some of these things, and then we'll come back. Then, then we go to the Scripture, and we'll stay there with them. But Christ Himself, hon, is the only true resurrection and life. And I've got that mark, so I guess we should spend a little time, maybe all of our time. 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, let, me, let me turn there. 1 Corinthians 15. All right. And this is the the letter uh, that Paul uses uh, <clears throat> to deal with a number of the things that Christ Himself is. And resurrection is one of them. And yet we read a lot of the chapters, so-called chapters in this letter, and by the time we get through with them, by the time we get through with them, we, we're, we're, we're calling whatever that chapter, chapter is dealing with, like spiritual grace, we're, we're calling that everything but Christ. And then like spiritual gifts, by the time we get through with chapter 12, we're calling that everything but Christ. And even body of Christ, body of Christ. Well, it's the same thing, and members of the body of Christ. Uh, by the time we get through with that, we're, we're saying that, uh, let me see, we're saying that, uh, that we are a, uh, oh, that we're a many-membered man. Uh, oh, yeah, that's been preached for, for years now in different spiritual movements, so-called, uh, many-membered, many-membered, many-membered man, a many-membered man. Well, if, if, it, if it's the new man you're talking about, that new man, which is Christ, he would, he, would, he would look more like a Frankenstein when most people, Christian people, get through describing what many-membered is all about. There are many members, but one body 
and it's not really described by many. It is described by one, which is Christ. Honey, even in the natural, I walk in the door. You're there in a building. Let's just look at it that way or somewhere. But you're there, and I, and I, I, I come in. I come in. And you look up and you see me. And you do not, even in the natural, it is not hands and arms and feet and eyes and nose and that you, that you see. You'll, you'll look and say, you know, hello, J.W. How are you today? Or whatever. But you won't say, well, look there, there there's, there's the hands of J.W. There's, 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 there's the body of it. There's the, there's the legs. Now, see, you, you say, brother, you're just getting silly. You're getting stupid. Well, that's because, yes, that is stupid. That is stupid. When we look at the church and see a bunch of people, that is stupid. When we start talking about ourselves being the body of Christ and then get into this many-membered business of individualism, that is stupid. We've missed the whole point of our union with Christ, joined together as one body by one eternal spirit of Christ. Christ who is the head of that body. That body which is raised up, not as the dead, raised up out from among the dead by the resurrection Himself and life Himself living in that body, living in you and I, living in every member of it. The life blood, the life spirit of every member of it because there is but one life and one spirit of God who lives in us all. Not making us many, making us one. And so, but, but you, 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 have you ever heard somebody preach and teach on chapter 12? Oh, Lord. Everything is spoken of there except Christ because everything, and yet Christ is the only thing that Paul's talking about there. But by the time the natural mind gets through with it, Christ is not seen, but people are seen and, and, and all kind of things are seen. Gifts are seen, but never as the gift of God. The gift of grace, charisma there, means grace, but we won't get into chapter 12. It's just Christ, darling. So, is it any, is it any, is there any doubt why Paul is using what we call chapter 15 here? He deals with the resurrection. Now, 
chapter 15, 1 Corinthians 1. I, let me see. Uh, yeah, verse 12 through verse 24. Well, well. See how full we're getting this. And all of this is introduction. But it's a needful one. Now, if Christ be preached, this is Paul. Now, he's talking to Jews. He's talking to the Pharisees. He's talking to the Sadducees. He's talking to the, to the Jews here. This is because the, the, I'm not saying that he didn't write to the Gentiles, but he's talking to the Jews. The Gentiles know nothing at all about anything concerning the promises to the Jews or that, that are in the Scripture given to the Jews, given to Israel. They don't know anything about that. Uh, they, they know nothing about the covenant, the promises, and those things, except what they've heard from Paul. So Paul is dealing with the truth and reality of the resurrection, but he's dealing with it with people, and, and let's just say both Jews and Gentiles, who have some real strange theories about resurrection. Some of them believe in it, some of them don't, but most all of them see it as something of which man is the focus. And what Paul is not doing here is arguing with them about their doctrines. If you remember in the book of Acts, where he appeared, where he, where, where he took uh, more or less asylum uh, with the authority uh, of, of, of Rome because the Jews were about to, about to kill him. And you remember that? Uh, and he was explaining that the Jews were trying to kill him because he was teaching the same, he was teaching resurrection, and he said it's the same resurrection that was promised to them. I haven't changed it a bit, and yet Christ was, and yet Paul was presenting Christ as that resurrection. Well, here, now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some of you that there is no resurrection of the dead? I see most of us, sadly, sadly, we miss that verse. We don't know what's being said there. We're, we're just like the Pharisees, because they did believe in that kind of a resurrection and, and all of that. But we're just like them. We think it's talking about us. We think we're the answer to it. We think that man is the answer to it. We, we, we think that resurrection is the dead living again. When actually the resurrection is Christ living in you. Nicodemus, see, couldn't get a hold of being a born again, which is truly 
translated being born from above, but nonetheless, he couldn't get a hold of that because he was thinking, my Lord, how can I get back in mama's womb? Come out again. And he asked the Lord those very, he said that very thing, that very thing. And as if the Lord were saying to him, we're not after more Nicodemuses. We don't, it's not about having more Nicodemuses. It's not about you going back into your mother's womb and coming out again. That's not what we're talking about here. He said, one is, he said, he that's born of the flesh is flesh, but he that's born of the spirit is spirit. And there is just one new birth, and that is Christ in you. It's not about you anyway. You know, you understand what I'm saying? When it's not about you, it's happening to you, in you. Peter says, for our being born again is not of corruptible seed. See, uh, see, honey, resurrection is not of a corruptible body either. That's not what it's all about. But of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Honey, it's Christ in you. It is Christ working the power of His resurrection and life in you, in your soul, in you. What a power bringing you, your soul, that is dead, D-E-A-D, dead, double dog dead. In sin, in death, separated from God. Now, hon, it takes some kind of power, some kind of a working of God, working of God. To do away with all of that. And bring forth a new creation in Christ. That new creation is not something aside from Christ living in you. It's not something other than Christ living in you. He is the one he is the one, O-N-E, one. Come on. How many times have we read 2 Corinthians chapter 5? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the whole chapter. But in verse 14 it says, Inasmuch as one died for all, all died with him. Yes, he brought man to his finality. He became man. He went to the cross as man. He died as man, but not just as a man. He died as all men. He died as man. He brought the first Adam to death. He brought the one that was in sin and had to come to death. He brought him to death. The one who had a death appointed to him, he brought that. He kept the appointment. 
He brought every man to death. He either had to do that or no one could be born from above. No one could have been born again because it wasn't going to be the old man born again just to have a better old man. No, 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 no. All of that had to come to death. How do you think it got there? It got there in Christ. His death. His burial. All right? That's the death. And exclusively His resurrection. Not mine, not yours. See, I can't put, I, I can't put strings, I can't put measurements on his death. And yet, I am, I am brought by the Spirit of God. As many of us as are baptized into Christ, Paul says, are baptized into his death, buried with him. It's a work of the Spirit. It's our union with Christ, hon. It's our accepting Christ when we come to him. We come to Him by way of the cross. We come through His death, and yet it is His death. I can't design it. I can't put, put measurements up on it. I can't do that. And it is total death. It is perfect death. It is take away, done away with death. That's what He did. And when we come to Him, that's what we come to. And when we come to Him by the Spirit of God, we are, we are baptized into that very death. And we are buried with Him by baptism into that very death. And it hasn't got anything to do with some kind of a baptismal ceremony. We're talking about a genuine work of God by His Spirit. That's what we're talking about. No more than we're saying that new birth is me signing my name on a church roster. No, new birth is the Spirit of God living in my soul. New birth is Christ Himself by His ever-living Spirit dwelling in my soul. New birth, honey, is Christ. That's Christ. Consequently, it is not just His death and His burial, but it is His resurrection that we come to experience. Verse 12. If Christ be preached that He rose... And it's actually that he rose up from among the dead. That's the way it should be read. That he rose out from among the dead. How say among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? Now see, Paul was using Christ. Not, not Moses, not, not Ezekiel, not, not anybody else. Not Lazarus, not anybody else. Because nobody else fulfilled the resurrection because nobody else brought all of mankind to death and into burial. No one else did that. 
Therefore, no one else can come forth as the resurrection and the life of all mankind. That is, all mankind who come to Him. The only way for mankind to come out of the death of mankind is the dead who hear my voice shall live. But you see, Paul says, yes, I do live. But he first says, I'm crucified with Christ. I mean, salvation took him straight to the cross. I'm crucified with Christ. See, it's not about one of the hundreds or thousands or who knows of people that were killed by Romans on Roman crosses. I mean, it certainly wasn't a spiritual thing with the Romans. It was just a cruel thing. There's no telling how many were on those crosses. We know two that day with Christ, but all... And yet there was no way you could truly be crucified except with Christ. You see that? It's not about hanging on a wooden cross. It's about the Son of God, the Son of God who left His Father, who left the glory, who made Himself of no reputation, who being found as Adamic man, man, mankind, one, one translation says, all of mankind summed up, being found. In that fashion, in that form, he became obedient unto death, even, even the death of the cross, which has a lot more to do with it than just, than just the boards that were used by the Romans to build it. There's more to that term, death of the cross, because only Christ could truly sum it up and complete it according to the Scripture, according to the Scripture. Nor could He sum up, only He could sum up all mankind and bring all mankind to His appointment with death. And until that came, honey, that was the grace of God, because there was the grace of God there on the cross, but because until that happened, there was salvation for nobody. No one could come to life. No one could be born from above. Until that whole creation was brought to death. And it was brought to death in Christ. And the only answer for that creation out from among the dead is resurrection. Now hear me carefully, because there's only one resurrection, only one new birth. And new birth is by the very Spirit of God, the very Spirit of Christ, the very Christ who is the resurrection and the life. Honey, it's not two different things. You're not born again and then later on you're 
resurrected. Because the whole point is salvation is not about me being resurrected. It's about the one who is the resurrection living in my soul. And it's about something like Paul saying, I am crucified with Christ. Now, get that down, he's saying. I am crucified with Christ. That's me. Here, now, that's me. I am crucified with Christ. I'm the old boy that said in another letter to the Romans, uh, I'm, I'm the guy that wrote, Oh, wretched man that I am, trying to make the law work and it won't work. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who? Who? Not what? Who will deliver me from the body of this death? Christ Jesus the Lord did that by the cross. I am joined together with him in spirit, in truth, in cross, in his death. I am crucified. That was my answer. That was the answer to the body of this death away from which I could not break because I'm part of that body of this death. I am crucified with Christ. Now, hon, there's the death. And he says, nevertheless, I live. Well, Paul, make up your mind. Nevertheless, I live. Yet, not I. That really confuses everybody and confused, yeah, the Gentiles and the Jews and the natural mind. Yet not I. Well, then what are you talking about? I'm talking about the resurrection and the life, himself living in me. Not I, but Christ liveth in me. Glory to the Lamb of the living God. There. I've often said, Christ is my resurrection, but he is not the resurrection of me. You understand? You and I are raised up as his body in which he lives. And we come in an inward way to experience the excellency of the greatness of God's, of His power, which worketh in us. What is that? Well, you can say it's the power of His resurrection. What is that? <laughs> it is life Himself. It was life that overcame death, hell, the grave, Satan, sin. It was life. Life himself. Oh, hallelujah. Blessed be the Lamb of God. You cannot separate life himself from resurrection himself. 
And our salvation is that very one, that very Son of God, that very Lord Jesus Christ living in us. Causing us automatically to be living in Him. He has brought us in to that union where our souls once was totally unified and unionified with Adam and with sin. And then later on, a segment called the, the Jews and carrying the name of Israel because it was pointing to the true Israel of God, which is Christ Himself. Well, all of that had to come to the cross and experience the grace of God. But now let me tell you something, hon. Grace of God is not a start over for Adam. It's not a start over for me. No. It is the death of the old and sometimes we want to say and I find myself saying it's the death of the old and the life of the new but you know here's the real point there it's the death of the old it is the new himself Hunt the new creation is Christ. Take him out. Take him out of that picture. Just take his name out of that picture and there is no such thing as a new creation. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Put anything else there except in Christ. Anything. And there isn't any kind of a creation there. Isn't any kind of a reality there. There's nothing there that's new. It's just the old. Wearing masquerade. Trying to be what and who only Christ is. All right, I'm closing with this. Because I'm talking about what is the resurrection, who is. So I'm closing with just this. The resurrection is not I but Christ liveth in me and in you. All right, that's all we'll do today. We'll continue. We haven't even started. I want us to, re I want us to relate this to the exceeding greatness of His power. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Thank you, folks. May the Lord bless you. Thank you so much for being with us in all of our various sessions that, are, that go out from, from this place, podcasts that go out from this place uh, by the brethren that are here, uh, Brother Rabin, Bird, uh, who is here with me today and, all, and always is, uh, 
so that I can have this class. And uh, Rabin and, and the, those classes he teaches, the podcast and the classes, and, and with Jimmy, uh, uh, Brother Jimmy Collins and Daniel, we just, we thank you for allowing us to find you wherever we're finding you now. We know that we're finding you there in Christ. So may the Lord richly bless you, whether it's in some other country, wherever it is, we're finding you there as the Lord's body, and we're finding you there in Him, and we want to stand in that one reality of life with you. So we thank you for it. And we thank you for uh, you who have uh, been real gracious, and you have, you have given support, support that we did not specifically uh, even ask for, but we're certainly... I'm, I'm certainly sitting here saying thank you very much for it and the Lord bless you. But we're not here to just try to get money from people and yet we appreciate your support. Why? Because the support we receive from you coming in to CMI is support that goes to what I'm doing here right now. It goes to the outreach of this gospel. It, it, it doesn't really go to the, to the function of, of this building or to maintaining this building. Those that are here maintain this building. No, it, it goes to the increase of this gospel throughout the Lord's body and around the world because we have to then even financially reach out beyond ourselves. This is all through internet and through carriers and through equipment and all of that. So we thank you for it. And every now and then I just explain to you that are already sending and do uh, help support us, I'd like to explain what we're doing with that and uh, why we need it and why we appreciate it. So the Lord bless. Talk with you soon. And we look forward to seeing some of you during this coming year face to face. The Lord bless. Amen.